Um, today we are in episode two of season one of Adam and Eve. Praise the name of the Lord. Last week we began by looking at relationships. If you missed the um, teaching last week, please get a CD or, or um, download the message on iTunes for free. Um, today we are reading from um, our area of focus, which is Genesis, the first few chapters of Genesis with Adam and Eve, and we are going to be looking at Proverbs um, 7. So we're going to read Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 6, and Proverbs chapter 7. It's a long read, but it's a fascinating one also. So follow me as I read Genesis chapter 3. 1 to 6, and Proverbs chapter 7. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day, he, the serpent, asked the woman, Eve, did God really say you must not eat the fruit of, from any of the trees in the garden? Of course, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and it looked delicious. Everybody say delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, Proverbs chapter 7 from verse 1. Follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commands. Obey my commands and live. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Love wisdom like a sister. Make insight a beloved member of your family. Let them protect you from an affair with an immoral woman. List from listening to the flattery of a promiscuous woman. While I was at the window of my house, I looked through the curtain. I saw some naive young men. I was a naive young men. Some naive young men and one in particular who lacked common sense. <laughs> he was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path of her house. It was at twilight in the evening. As deep darkness fell, the woman approached him, seductively dressed and sly of heart. 
She was the brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She's often on the streets and markets, so the sitting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, and with a brazen look, it was a brazen look, she said, I have just made my peace offering and fulfilled my vows. You are the one I'm looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. My bed is spread with beautiful blankets, with colored sheets of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses, for my husband is not at home. He's away on a long trip. He has taken a wallet full of money with him and won't return until later this month. She, so she seduced him. I must say seduced him. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with a flattery. He followed her at once. I must say at once. <laughs> like an ox going to the slaughter. It was like a stag caught in a trap. Awaiting the arrow that will pierce its heart. It was like a bird flying into a snare. Little knowing it would cost him his, his life. So listen to me, my sons. Pay attention to my words. Don't let your heart stray away towards her. Don't wander down her wayward path. For she has been the ruin of many. And many, another translation says, and many mighty men have been destroyed by her, have been a victim. A house is the road to the grave. A bedroom is the den of death. The Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his words. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone that will fulfill destiny must overcome the spirit of seduction. Either you are a man or you are a woman. Everyone that we fulfill is our destiny in God. The greatness that God has for you. That person must overcome the spirit of seduction. It's a spirit of seduction. Praise the name of the Lord. The biblical definition of, of, of not biblical, the dictionary definition of seduction is seduction is defined as the process of deliberately, everybody say deliberately, deliberately enticing a person in order to lead him or her astray sexually. So seduction is a process of deliberately enticing someone in order to lead him or her astray sexually. And it's a process, and the beginning of the process of seduction is something called flirtation. I was a flirtation. The process of seduction starts with flirting. What is it to flirt? Simple. To flirt is flirting is any act that stimulates sexual desire. It's flirting. Any act that stimulates sexual desire is flirting. Any act that stimulates sexual desire is flirting. 
playing, jesting, joking, any act, dressing, touching, that stimulates sexual desire or is intended to stimulate sexual desire is flirting. For instance, uh, you're in the office and um, a colleague of yours deliberately just start looking at your, at your, at your hands, at your, at your hands, you're a, you're a lady. And you looked at him and said, why are you looking at my hands like that? And he says, oh, will you slap me if I just plant a beautiful kiss on this, your most beautiful fingers? Then you say, they look like this. After all, it's not a sin. Is it a sin? Then you will, ooh, Is that a sin? No, now. After all, you didn't sleep with anybody, right? But he goes, and he goes away, a happy man. And you are there, if you are married, you are like, my husband doesn't even appreciate me like this. Or if you are single, you are just wondering, wow, I'm not bad after all. Flirting is the, um, there's no seduction without flirting. Flirting is the starting point of seduction. By what you say, how you dress, how you respond to the other party, you know. So, people flirt. And seduce, and are seduced. Praise the name of the Lord. And unfortunately, let's, let's, let's continue that story, that scenario. The, the, the lady that was, had the, the, the kiss planted on her, on her hand. She's dressing up for work the following day. Guess what she's paying attention to? Let's say the guy's name is, is um, a neutral name that nobody is bearing here. Uh, Maruf. Good. <laughs> is there a Maruf here? If you are, please forgive us. And he's, he's, she's dressing up in the mirror. She's like, will, will Maruf like this blouse? These colors that I'm painting on my nails, will you really like it? No, 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 no. Let me remove it. Let me paint it purple, purple. Then you pass by my roof. You know, the same hand. I'm using a hand because I don't want to use any. By the way, I'm sure that we have implemented our PG rating, right? Ushers, PG rating is what? Is, let's say, 18. If you are not 18... Here, please, I mean, would you kindly get up and we have a, a session for you before uh, <laughs> we go further. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. Ushers, please, can you usher them to the teenage section or junior church? <laughs> As the case may be. <laughs> Don't worry, he's 18. I know, I know, he's 18. I know him. He's 18. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, where did I stop? Oh. Okay, yeah, so she's now, she's now, oh, my roof. In the house, she's, here are your nails now. Notice your nails now. And unfortunately, you know, 
Before you know it, something that started, quote unquote, innocently. It was innocently. <laughs> this is something that everybody is wondering how did this happen? How did this happen? When people say, oh, you, somebody fell into sexual sin. I disagree. People don't fall into sexual sin. People don't fall into sexual sin. People walk into sexual sin. Everybody say walk. They walk into it. By the time a roof is planting his kiss on your hand, you shouldn't have a, and, and it makes your stomach rumble. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's trouble here. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you need to be aware of the things that attract men and, it, and the things that attract women. We need, to, we need to know that. As far as men are concerned, it doesn't take much to stimulate a man sexually, to attract a man. It doesn't take very much. A natural man, a spiritual man, will never be attracted. <laughs> Say amen. <laughs> now, it doesn't take very much. You know, it's, it's what? Sight or touch, really. Sight or touch. Men are attracted to sight or touch. Women are more complex. But we can summarize what attracts women to just one, one word. Just one word. And that word is power. Women are attracted to power. It could be physical power. The guy is athletic. He has muscles. He has, if you see his biceps or his triceps. I was sharing how a friend of mine, married woman, who after the Olympics was infatuated with Usain Bolt. In fact, she even put it on her Facebook page. I'm just thinking about Usain Bolt. <laughs> I say, my friend, power. Oh, it looks power. It could be political power. It could be financial power. Let me say, oh, women, all the, the women just love money. No, 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 no. It's not just the money. It's the power it provides. Praise the name of the Lord. It could be intellectual power. Some guy may not even have anything. But when he begins to talk, his brain is on fire. Some women just melt. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It could be vocal power. How are you doing today? Hello, princess. <laughs> I'm telling you. Am I lying, woman? <laughs> so if you see a man that talks normally, and all of a sudden when he's talking to you, hello, Chinyere. Know that check if something is happening. <laughs> That's why 
You know, this midnight calls has, has caused a lot of, has caused too much defilement in people than normal. Why? Because women just want to hear, listen to, you know, the voice of a man, you know, just affirming them, just talking to them, and they open their lives to defilement. That was a power. When it comes to one person leading another person to sexual sin, women are mostly deceived and men are mostly seduced. It is possible to seduce a woman, of course we've talked about that. But Women are mostly deceived. And men are mostly seduced. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. First Timothy 2, 14. The word of God says that, and it was, it was not Adam that was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived and sin was the result. It, Adam was not deceived. The woman was deceived. Eve was deceived. Why didn't the serpent speak to Adam and try to make Adam eat, eat the apple? Because Adam will not. The man is a logical machine. It's usually more difficult to deceive a man. It's easier to deceive a woman. That's why it appears that a lot of men that know that tell women a lot of lies. Have you noticed? And some women say, oh, all men are what? Liars. But that's not true. They've just discovered that all women, not all women, some women like to just hear lies or, you know, they, they just want to, they are just vulnerable with deception. So a guy comes around and says, oh, you know, I've, I, 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 I'm going to marry you, promises to marry you. He doesn't want to marry you. Don't be a fool. He just wants to sleep with you. And the girl says, well, after all, we are going to get married. So we can as well, let me just concede. After all, it's the one I'm going to marry. Listen, I mean, I can't count the number of cases I've had to cancel. You know, of girls at women's had been broken. Why? Because somebody says, I will marry you. And after chopping, 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 wiped his mouth, packed his bag, looked for another one. I said, oh, you, it's you I want to marry. I said, it's me? Oh. Chop, 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 chop. Move, move along. It's you I want to marry. It's me? Don't let any man deceive you. I want to marry you. Really? Let's see if you survive. Praise the name of God. Flattery. Telling you you are not who you are. You know that, you know, you are not, you are a short girl. And the guy is telling you, you are so tall. <laughs> and you're like, I am tall. I am tall. Oh, man. I've seen ladies that believe that. They are short. And the guy is telling them. Perfect height. I should say, eh? You mean? Ladies that are
Let me just go on. (laughs) Guys, flatter you. Tell you what you are not. You know that you are okay. You are okay. You are are pretty, you know. But you know that you are not the prettiest. And he says, you are the prettiest. And guess what? Women believe it. You know why they believe it? Because they crave for affirmation. Listen, I've had the privilege of, of pastoring some very powerful, wealthy women and people growing up in their careers and all that stuff. Every woman, no matter how wealthy, still wants a man that will say to her, You are beautiful. I'm like, I didn't used to understand it, I mean, earlier on as a pastor. I was like, she wants. She has everything. No. She wants someone to affirm her. That's how women are created. So, the, the, the negative man knows that and he prays on that. Don't be deceived. Praise the name of the Lord. So, if a woman is seduced, it is largely based on deception. If a man is deceived, it's largely based on seduction. Do you understand that? If a woman is seduced, it's largely based on deception. If a man is deceived, it's largely based on seduction. He's been seduced and he can be deceived. And the problem with flirting and seduction is that it always starts innocently. You know, some guys, they tell their wives, I don't have anything to do with her. I just like flirting with girls. You have to stop doing that. Just flirting with you. What does that mean? What does that mean? Praise the name of the Lord. Flirting is like it's, 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 it intoxicates. It's like it's like a drug. It's like alcohol. And anything that intoxicates seeks to control. And it always starts more, then it gets more, then just a little more, then just a little more, and before you know it, you are in the hole. A lot of people will say, just one sneaker from the vending machine, I will steal it, I will be content. It's a lie. When you're looking at the guy, some people are thinking, he's a fool, why did he just take one and go first? Right? You thought that way, right? Right, 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 right. What is a drug? It seeks to control. And until Jesus, except Jesus intervenes, a lot of people get locked in the safe. <laughs> Praise the name of God. If you look at Proverbs 7, there are four things that we see for, for, the, for the, the, the person that is being seduced and the seducer. The first thing is that the seducer had a plan. She had a plan. Now, for, unfortunately, I've seen people that are victims of seduction, and the number one reason why they are victims of seduction is that they don't imagine that the other person has a plan. They think we are just, you know, let's just flow with it. Let's just, you know. No, 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 no. 
The woman said, I have been planning for you. You are the one. She had a plan. And you see, he that doesn't have a plan, we always succumb to he that has a plan. In anything, in business, in your professional career, in warfare, in, in anything. He that has a plan will always prevail over he that doesn't have a plan. So, your colleague is fighting with you. He has a plan. You don't have a plan. You just think, oh, it just makes me feel good. I just like hanging around him. You will succumb to him if you don't have a plan. Or the other way around. If it's a female, you think, oh, she's just making me feel good. You know, he that doesn't have a plan, we always succumb to him that has a plan. Praise the name of the Lord. Question, do you have an anti-seduction strategy? Do you have an anti-seduction plan? I have one. I'm going to share it with you. Some of my anti-seduction strategies. <laughs> I believe every person that would be great should have one. You should have a plan ready. You sh- it shouldn't be at the point of seduction that you will be thinking because it's like it, it, it's almost too late. You don't think of a plan at the point of temptation. You have a plan ready. So when seduction comes, You have a plan. Praise the name of the Lord. Everyone that has succeeded in this work with God has a plan. And has an anti-seduction plan. Number two, she dressed for the occasion. She dressed seductively. She dressed for the occasion. The, the, the King James Version of the Bible says she dressed like a prostitute. Now, the NLT says she dressed seductively. Compare the two. She dressed like a prostitute. She dressed seductively. Question, how does a prostitute dress? Then question, how do um, people around you dress? Unfortunately, sometimes it's difficult to tell a prostitute from a normal person these days. I'm sure you know that. Unfortunately. The prostitute know that men are visual, right? So, show him a little something and he'll be interested, right? But guess what? The bankers also know that men are visual. So they send them on a marketing, uh, what do they call it, call. Show him a little something. Then what's the difference between that and a prostitute? Typically nothing. Science has proven that there's a part of, there are parts of the woman's body that emits some, an aura that attracts men. They call them femorones or what are they called? Are you, are you you're aware of that, right? So, which part? The navel, the cleavage, the armpit, the armpit area. So, sleeveless kind of attract men. Uh, what else? I can't remember. Maybe the tie. Now. 
when someone consistently comes to visit you that is female and exposes those areas, run for your life. We get to the strategy. So she, she dressed seductively. There was a, um, a, a lady that, teenager really, maybe 19, 20. And she dressed so skimpily. And a pastor called her and said to her, listen, and told her who she is, that you are not a prostitute. And affirmed her and said, you should not be dressing like this because this, what this does to men, asked, do you want to be raped? She said, no. You know, and that's a fortunate thing that women don't understand. You, you say you don't want to be raped, but you are dressing to arouse men. But the woman doesn't think like that. You are dressing to arouse men. So, in fact, there's a new word for it now. They say you are hot. Have you heard that before? Do you know what hot means? Hot means that somebody's pennies get hard when they see you. They become hot. That's what it means. They become hot. Now, do you really want to be going around and men's penises are... Really? Is that your plan? Really? Really? Most, most godly women, that's not their plan. But they don't know. So because Facebook, you have to be hot. And Christians upload pictures and they are like, am I not hot? I'm like, she doesn't know. That's my conclusion. She doesn't know. In the UK, such people are called cock teasers. Have you heard that before? In other words, you are just teasing the man and you are not offering yourself. You know what some men that don't have control over themselves will do? They will plan a rape. Because they are convinced that since you are advertising it, you must be interested. And you see, girls don't understand that. They are like, they are not interested. And the men don't believe that. Because they are convinced you must be interested. So the pastor said to the lady, took the young lady, took through all that, and the, and the girl felt, wow, so this is what I've been doing to myself. And she was angry, and she asked the pastor, why didn't my father tell me that? Why didn't my mom tell me that? They saw me dressing like this. And she was upset at her parents. Now, why didn't they tell me this? Do they want me to be cheap? Do they want me to go about sleeping everywhere? Maybe they even hate me. Parents, you think you're allowing your children to be free? No. You're killing them. Praise the Lord. So number two, she, what? Dressed. Dressed for the occasion. Number three, she promised secrecy. She promised secrecy. Every seduction works because secrecy is promised. Like I say, you are not a thief until you are able to steal and nobody will find out and you refuse to steal. A lot of people will steal if they are sure that nobody will find out. A lot of people will commit adultery if they are sure, 100% sure that nobody will find out. That was what this lady promised. No one will know. My husband has gone on a journey. A lot of people will commit adultery if they are sure that nobody will find out. 
But let me tell you something. If you're committing adultery, I have news for you. People already know. Because the man says, I sat on my balcony and I was watching them. You think it's done in secrecy, but everybody knows. They are just being civil. Everybody knows where you've been. To ask your neighbor, where have you been? Everybody knows where you've been. And that's even physically. Spiritually, the Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is an amazing spirit. He reveals secrets. You will pass by somebody, you think they don't know. The Holy Spirit will say to them, see this person. They have been to A, B, C, D. I've seen that work many times. So you think it's secret. But guess what? People, the person you are sitting beside you, Already know. Stay your neighbor. I already know. I already know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, I remember a lady walked into my office, married woman, two children, walked into my office, and she sat in front of me. And as she sat in front of me, she said, Pastor, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And she, she ran out. So what's going on? And she came back in. And she ran out again. That happened like three, four times. Then she came back the last time and she was crying. I was like, why are you crying? She says that she's just coming from committing adultery. That, but when I entered your office, my body began to itch me. Then I thought it was coincidence. I ran out. When I ran out, I had relief. Then I came back again. And my body began to itch me. And I ran out. And I came back. My body began to itch me. I need to confess. And I didn't even know. I just saw her running out of coming in. I was like, why is this woman running out of coming in? What's going on? God didn't tell me. I didn't know. But the key thing is that never, ever think the secret. Never. If you think it is a secret, the devil has succeeded in snaring you. If you know everything is in the open, it will help you. Praise the name of Lord. And number four, the four things he did is that she engaged the supernatural. She engaged the supernatural. She said, I, I, I did not only plan for you, dress for you, promise you secrecy, I'm going to engage the supernatural just to catch you. She says, I made my covenant. King this version. Some ladies go and engage witchcraft powers just to capture a man. Now, wives, please pray for your husbands. Please, should I go on my knees? Please, pray for your husbands. Please, 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 please. You know why? Because there are other women out there that are going through some serious length to capture them. The lady that she, she says that, when, what they told her and the power she uses, she washes her private part into a bowl. And she uses it to cook for the man. And the man will be eating. Working. If such a man is not filled, if he's filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost could say, ah! Don't touch it. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. I remember somebody gave me a gift some time ago. It's a beautiful gift. And the person gave me the gift. And I'm going to call out the story, you know. And the person gave me a gift. And, you know, I looked at the gift. Very nice gift. 
And I said, oh, this is a wonderful girl. And I, and I thanked her. I'm following the story, so you can never know. The person came with her brother. So the person now, they, when they left, the Holy Ghost said to me, don't touch it. Don't take it home. So I left the gift. Week passed. The Holy Ghost said to me, take the gift and give this person. And I gave the person. You know, you see, that's one thing about God. If you love things more than God, you can't survive this work. Just give it out. I gave it out. Then weeks after, the brother came and said, now I know you're a real man of God. I said, what do you mean? She said, that gift my sister gave you, you didn't wear it. You didn't use it. I said, I wore it now. You know, I tried to tease. He says, you didn't wear it. When I saw his, how sure it was, I said, what about the gift? He said to me that every church we have been, my sister will give them that, the pastor, that gift. That week does not pass. The pastor shows up in my house and sleeps with my sister. He said, we waited for you. You did not show up. You did show up. Now, I want to give my life to Jesus. He gave his life to Jesus. He got baptized in water. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And he's serving God now. The key thing here is that my wife was praying for me, I'm sure. <laughs> Women, pray for you. And that lady came to my office and said, oh. she had crossed that bridge. And she said to me, God had delivered her at the time. She said to me, Pastor, you remember the times you used to when, I come to, when she comes to my office and she sits down, she will look down. She always looks down. I say to her, look, look up, look at me. And she will look at me and she will look down. You know, I always force people like that. So I forced her to, to look at me. So I, and she looked at me. She said, do you, do you know why I was always looking down? She said, I said, no. She said, at a particular time in the month, a spirit of seduction comes over me when I am with a man, talking with a man. And when I look at the man's eyes, I do my eyes in a certain way, and the man will follow me. When I was in your office, several times that spirit came upon me, and because I love you, because as in, I don't want you to fall, I look down. I said, but I forced you to look at me. I said, yeah. She said, yeah. So I looked at you. I said, so what happened? She said, but it is you because it was you. Nothing happened. I didn't know. Then she came and God delivered her. She says, but thank God for God. That if it was not God in you, something would have happened. This world is not ordinary. There are people that we go through spiritual life. You saw the woman here. She said, she made a vow. To capture the guy, a vow. So many stories, I can't even finish them. I've seen them in the second worship experience. Okay, let me just say this one. This is, I, I, it came to my mind now. Now, another lady, 
This one is even a pastor's wife. She attended one of our, our, our services. I made a call and she came and she came to see me after the service in the office. And she said that um, her story is when she begins to dance a particular kind of dance, any man that looks at her, one, gets defiled, as in gets aroused and it doesn't stop there. It's either it goes to sleep and sleeps with her in, her, in his dream or a physical encounter. I came to my office and we began to pray. And I began to pray. Guess what she began to do? She began to dance, dance, dance. <laughs> so we just called him one of my colleagues that is female. And uh, Jesus set her free. My point is this. There's a spirit of seduction. Some people are not aware they are under the influence of that spirit. But as I'm talking now, it's getting clearer to you. Seek help. And Jesus will set you free. Praise the name of the Lord. So two things you need to know about seduction. The first thing is... Okay, before I talk about two things... If you are attracted to someone that is not your husband or your wife, you are attracted to someone that you are not married to, never, I mean never, ever tell the person. Seek for help. If you are attracted to someone that is not your wife or is not your husband, never, I mean never, ever, tell the person. Do what? Never. Everybody say never. Everybody say never, ever. Never, ever tell the person. Seek for help. Two things you must know about structure. Number one, anyone can be seduced. Anyone can be seduced. Anyone can be seduced. First Corinthians 10, 12 says, don't be naive. You are not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Anyone can be seduced. The anointing does not resist temptation. Have you, have you noticed? For those of us that are in ministry, you know. The anointing does not resist temptation. No, it doesn't. Number two. The first thing you need to know is that what? Anyone can be seduced. The second thing you need to know is that not everyone can be seduced. Appears contradictory. Not everyone can be seduced. Second Peter 1.10 says, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. You shall never fall. And these things are what I've called the strategies of the anti-seduction strategies. The things that you can put in place in your life that will make your life seduction-proof. I will say seduction-proof. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. Ephesians 5, 3. The word of God says, But among you, Ephesians 5, 3, NIV, But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. God is saying, not even a hint. Everybody say, not even a hint. Which means, I am not allowed to flirt. Everybody say after me, I am not allowed to flirt because I belong to God. Simple. You are not allowed to flirt. Not a hint. Flirting is a hint. Not a hint. Flirting is giving someone a hint. Not a hint. 
of sexual immorality. Not a hint. So what are the anti-seduction strategies? Number one. Are you ready? You must write this down. You must write it down. Number one. Run, run, run. That's a good strategy, isn't it? Number one strategy is what? When we were small, do you used to do this, this, uh, this play? There is fire on the mountain. There is fire on the mountain. <laughs> so when you see somebody stirring up fire in you, do what? Run from them physically. They can get angry at you. They may not even greet you again. It's fine. Mm, it's fine. It's okay. Don't greet me. Fine. Thank you. First Corinthians six eighteen says, "Run from sexual sin." Everybody say, "Run, run from sexual sin." No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. God did not say resist sexual sin. Did God say resist? No. God said, "Do what? Run." More men has fallen by resisting. More men are following, thinking, oh, I, I can resist it, I can handle it. God is saying, I'm not trusting you to handle it. I'm telling you to run. And the word run there means run. Thank you. Run. My grandmother would say, run and let the back of your head, leg, touch the back of your head. Have you heard that before? That is how you should run. And that person says, run as if your life depended on it. You know that was run as if if you stop, you will die. If you see somebody that is running as if if he stops, he will die. Would you not notice that the person is running from something? And if you see someone that is just jogging, are they the same? Or just strolling? A lot of us are strolling away from sexual sin. God says what? Run. So strategy number one, run, run, Run. Hmm. Strategy number two is what we call access control. Everybody say access control. On a, in a network, let's use computer terms. Everybody can log on to the network, but not everybody has the same access control. You know, some people can access some files, some people cannot. Some people can get to certain servers, some people cannot. Some servers are even in what they call demilitarized zones, DMZ. You can't even, you don't even know they exist. So, you, you are to have access control in your life. There are certain people that I can't hug them. I just refuse to. You know why? Because they are carrying fire. And the Bible says, will a man take fire in his bosom and not be burnt? So, the, how, how far they can go with me is high. Some people can go as far as a handshake, shaking up. No more than Stop looking at me like that. So, is that why you have not been looking? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not you. It's not you I'm talking about. It's not you. I'm talking about somebody else. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Some people, even in access controls, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a time factor in access control. Ah. I'm looking at the time. 
Certain people should be able to access you. Certain people should not be able to access you at certain times of the day. There are certain times in my life that certain people cannot even access me at all. You know why? Because those times, I know myself. Those times are my lowest times. I am most vulnerable at those times. And I'm not going to tell you when. So I'd rather go and call up somewhere. I just stay with the Holy Ghost. If you call my phone, it won't go. Because I am under the rock. <laughs> there's a guy that said to me, there's a lady that is in his past, he's married today, but every time this lady calls him and he picks up the phone, she gives him instruction and he, he must obey. Meet me at such and such, he will just go like a, like a fool. And he said to me, oh, he wants us to pray, so let's pray fire on our head, you know. I said, oh, God, this is not prayer. You will take that SIM card, your first step. I told him, drive to the third Milan bridge. Fling the SIM card and throw it into the lagoon. I just get a new SIM card. Give the people you want to contact you the new SIM card. Say, yeah, I can't do that. Then you want prayer. You're not serious. Go, 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 go. I didn't pray with him. I didn't waste my time. Some people don't, they really don't want a solution. Cut the access. Everybody say, cut the access. <sighs> Number three. <laughs> I have many things to say. Number three. I shall be saying them in the second worship experience. There's no time. People have second worship experience, they have begun to come in. That's why I need to round off. I'm sorry. So, number two. Number three. So, number one, I said what? Run, run, run. Number two, I said what? Number three, accountability partner. There must be at least one person that you are totally transparent to. At least one person. When, you, when something comes to threatening your purity, there must be at least one person. At least one person you can run to and say, hey, see me, oh, see what I am going through. And we can pray with you and they can you know, support you through it. There must be at least one person. Find one person. If you're married, you want to start with your spouse. Find at least one person that you're accountable to. Not only accountable to when there's fire on the mountain, but you're also accountable to, to ethical standards. Ethical standards. I will not browse pornographic sites. Hold me accountable to this. Hold me accountable to that. Get an accountability partner. And number three, Number four, sorry. Finally, know who you are. Know who you are. Know who you are. In Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31, from verse 1, the word of God says, This saying of King Lemuel, as inspired, as an inspired utterance, his mother taught him. Verse 2, I'm reading from the NIV, Proverbs 31. From verse 1, I mean verse 2 now, the NIV. says, listen, my son. Listen, the son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Verse 3, do not give your strength to women, your vigor to those that ruin kings. This is a woman telling the son who he is. You are my son. 
You are the son of my womb. You are the answer to my prayer. You are a king. Don't destroy yourself with women. The father was doing the same thing. So those of us as parents, we must tell our children who they are. If, you, if you don't, your parents have not told you, I'm telling you who you are today. Don't waste your vigor. Praise the name of the Lord. Know who you are. Why? Because in seduction and deception, the only power that Satan has is the power of suggestion. Never forget, you and you alone have the power of decision. You and you alone have the power of decision. Satan can suggest, take the apple, eat the apple. Never forget, it is just a what? Everyone say suggestion. It is just a suggestion. Don't feel compelled to make that decision. It is just a suggestion. So everyone has a power to choose. Everyone has a power to choose. When you're at the crossroads, you have the power to choose. Some of us this morning, God is knocking on your door. You have the power to choose God this morning. You also have the power to reject God this morning. Let us pray. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. How to pray with two categories of people. The first category are those that do not know Jesus. You are not saved. Jesus is not the Lord of your life. Or you have been saved, you are backsliding. That's the first category. You have been saved, you are backsliding. You have gone away from God. Seduction has taken over your life. You want to come back to God. I want to pray with you wherever you are. You do not need to come forward. But just say, Pastor, that is me. Pray with me. I want to put up your hand now over your head. That is me. Pray with me. Father, we pray for everyone that has accepted you today. We ask that you breathe upon them and empower them to live for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for everyone that is standing today. We ask by the power of the Holy Spirit that you set them free from the spirit of seduction in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed.